Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you want an easy way to feel like a chef in your own home, try Blue Apron's two and four serving menu plans so you're always cooking something new and enjoying fresh seasonal ingredients. Choose from an ever-changing mix of premium recipes, chef favorites, family-friendly options, WW recommended, and more. Get $130 off across your first six orders, plus your first order ships free when you visit blueapron.com slash blueculinary. I worked really hard on that. Uh, I noticed you don't have any LeBron uh, last-second shots in there. Because there is none. <laughs> he always passes it. <laughs> well, he did have the one shot hurt around the world that I'll give him credit for against the Magic, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I had to do Kobe Bryant. You know what's funny? You ever heard the Kobe Bryant song by Lil Wayne? No. He made, He sang a song way back after they won against the Orlando Magic, mm-hmm. it's about Kobe Bryant. Mm. And, and in it, he goes, he's, he goes, don't worry, LeBron, get him next year. <laughs> and oh, I wanted to put that God. snippet in there. But I was like, I don't need Lil Wayne coming after me if I take that little snippet. No, Lil Wayne's a good, good dude. He'd probably let you have a snippet. So I'm a slap dick, and we started this, the, the, the show without the intro and then had to go back to the intro. They're going to see three seconds, and then it's, do we need the intro? And then, I like the intro, and then the intro. <laughs> yeah, the video it will always be there forever. The audio, I can I can cut that out. Oh, okay. But the video will be there forever. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the worst podcast on television, the Coach Steve Show. If, if Coach Brown from... Independence didn't have the slap dick title for his podcast. I wouldn't name it that, but dang it. We gotta we gotta try and get that from him. Oh, he has a whiskey and cigar. We're never getting that name from him. That's true. Yeah. Never. And you want to talk about somebody suing you. I don't want him coming after me. <laughs> He'd come after you with his pit bull and his caddy. Oh, he's got like three pit bulls now. Yeah. Oh. Have you I'm we're off top of this. See, this is a rabbit hole. Have you read his book though? No, is it pretty good? Yeah, it actually uh it does 
show you like why how he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. Now he wrote it, of course, but like it tells you like they went to a store and someone came in at gunpoint and shot his best friend in the head and splattered on him. Like that's what he dealt with. I'll, I'll be honest, like growing like people want to chastise him, but I don't think anybody really can imagine where he came from. You know, what I mean, it was in that transition period of Compton and yeah, I'm sure he's seen a lot of stuff and yeah. that makes you very callous as an individual. Yeah. It ta- he goes in depth on it. It's not a long book either. So it's just perfect. Yeah. So it's good. Um, I got it right when he released it cause it was cheaper. Why when he okay. released it, it was cheap. Yeah. Now it's like 30 bucks or something. It's. Oh my gosh. Uh, who does he I think? think you, at I, think you, I think if you buy it from him, it's more expensive because he signs it. Oh, okay. If you get it on Amazon, I think it's cheaper. Okay. But like he'll personally sign a me- and write a message on each one that he sells. Oh, that's nice. Well, and 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 the cost. The reason why it's like twenty five or thirty bucks is because of the shipping. But then right. that's built in. So like when you get it from him, it's if it's twenty five, it's twenty five. It's not twenty eight. It's twenty five. Gotcha. So well, that's not too bad. I mean, they're gonna nail you somewhere. I'd rather have it be up front than on the back end of the shipping cost. Right. Yeah, I'll remember so, that when I write my book. There you go. Barry of Steve. The what? In my excursion into high school football. No, it's titled So You Want to Be a Coach. I'm just going to go. Because there's no stuff out there telling younger coaches what's actually going to happen to you when you go to coaching. Well, I would say that's the way with anything, though. Like, that's the same way it is with, uh, uh, like, teaching. Yeah. They don't really tell you what's going to happen. You do what, what they say is going to happen. And they don't know. I actually wrote the first chapter. I wrote the first chapter, I guess. I have to really look at it. Because I yeah. probably told a story about a particular coach at Oakwood High School that I probably shouldn't have. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you might. I don't know. Well, I don't use names. I don't say what school. I don't use names. Yeah, that's fine. I just say the OC said something to me. Then the head coach threw him in the office and said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'll have to tell you that we're not recording what happened. Yeah. But the reason why I put that in there was because I said, if I, if there was any doubt that I want to be a coach and help kids out, this is one moment that sticks out to me. Um, yeah. You do what you do for the kids. And so I put that in there and then I thought about it later. I was like, ah, maybe I shouldn't do that. Well, I mean, it depends. I think uh, it's important for younger coaches to realize you don't know everything. Right. And actually, until you fail, uh, you really probably don't know who you are as a coach. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, there's a lot of people who win early and they think they know everything. And then they find out later that that was just a false sense of security. And they were experiencing a lot of confirmation bias where they were just surrounding themselves with yes men. And your real learning happens when you face adversity and you're truly alone. You don't have that person to go to cause you to reevaluate things unless you're coach Leonard and just know how to win every year yeah if you know how to do that then I guess you're like the human cheat code right he's like the game shark of high school football he, he remember a game shark yeah you just anything and it'd have all the I mean, the dude's a whiz 
<laughs> he's an absolute whiz. I love. I watched a few of his clinic stuff. Like the the one was uh, at a TFC. It was like funky formations, and yeah. like, dude. And then and then their personnel, like their personnel changes, are very slick. I wonder how they like grab like. You know how when they bring in like the extra lineman, but he's dressed up as like a wide receiver, so he has like a wide receiver number, um, or a wide receiver has a lineman's number, but they line him up out as a covered receiver. Like how they title those and switch those in and out so seamlessly, it's just impressive. And then they run plays super fast, you know, and keep you off balance and can make subs. Yeah, I like. I was talking to the coach yesterday. I don't know if they do like the speed training stuff, but they put their kids in tough situations. Like the drop of a hat, they have to go do this tough thing. Like, hey, we have a minute to score. Like yes. the drop of a hat. And then the next time it might be like drop of a hat, he blows the whistle and they don't know it's coming. And they go out there and say, okay, defense, you have to stop them. Because yeah. I know they're a coordinator because he coached at Charleston too. I know him. And they'll just do that. And so when you watch them in a game, it's it's so simple to them because like we do this every day. Well, I was just so yeah. So here we are, like gloating about all the podcast. So I was on. I did like a podcast uh, with a guy that I know. He's trying to do like a positivity thing, and you know, uh, exposing your kids to controlled stresses allows them to be able to adapt, right? Mm-hmm. So if if they're constantly being challenged at practice in game like scenarios then the game-like scenarios are not stressful on the brain and they just react rather than sitting there thinking about it. Right. All right. That's a good rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <it is. laughs> but now, if we get you and Brad podcast on, we can do whatever rabbit honestly, hole. That would be a good me and Brad part because, you know, intent on how you do things, you can have a receiver drill and anybody can half-ass a receiver drill. But if you have the intent of game-like speed and game-like intensity, then it's not a receiver drill. It's replicating in a game, and now it means more. And so, yeah. Um, And that creates melanin – or not melanin, gosh, myelin, which then creates better neural – better, stronger neural pathways and all that. Wow, what a rabbit hole we just went down. But, yeah, uh, the talent code, if anybody wants to read that, that's about intensive practice. And this what intensive practice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I created a neural pathway just then. <laughs> it's working right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, All right. People that are watching or watch this later, Brad is not with us. He's the ghost. That emergency. Yeah, an applesauce emergency or hot sauce. I don't know which one it was today. He's no longer hot sauce. He ghosted us. He is applesauce again. Oh, yeah. If he came on today, it would have been sizzling sauce or that Louisiana sauce. Yep. So it's on a step system. He's back to applesauce. So, Brad, if you watch this or listen to this later, you are now Mr. Applesauce. You lost the coach title. It's Mr. Applesauce now. <laughs> Demotion. Demotion. Don't take it out of your pay. <laughs> Yeah, you no more pay for Brad this week. No yep. stipend. There's no stipend. I don't know. We got demonetized <laughs> <laughs> and lost half our listeners. <laughs> All lost half our listeners. We're down to two and a half people. <laughs> oh boy! All right. So first one, I just 
we were going to come in hot. We were going to come in hot, but we actually came in in a rabbit hole instead of coming in hot. Okay. But it's okay. We can make up for it. You know what? Sometimes a mole hole, if you pour gasoline down it to get the mole out, that can be an explosion. So we're coming in. It, so it's, it's not a rabbit hole. It's a mole hole. Yeah, it's all in the context of. Yep, there goes one of our listeners. They're done. They were like, they saw Jim Harbaugh's name and they were done. Yeah. All right. So first one was Jim Harbaugh. I don't have the exact quote, but I saw he signed a new contract. I think it was four or five years or something like that. Base salary of $4 million. I don't know if that's $4 million a year, if that's total. But his incentive is if he wins, does these incentives, it will go back up to $8 million. So I think it's $4 million a year because he was getting almost $8 million a year. So when his incentives, it will go back up to eight. What's, huh. what's funny is, is that a slap in the face to Jim Harbaugh of like, you don't deserve this money? Or was it Jim Harbaugh actually says this? Like maybe he says, hey, I haven't done what I was supposed to do. I don't deserve this. Or was it because he couldn't get another job out there? So he took it. So do you want to know his contract? Do you want me to read part of it? Sure, because I just saw the title of it when it was reported. Um, This is from the Detroit Free Press. And according to the documents they obtained, Harbaugh will earn $4 million in total base salary during the first year of his new deal, which is about half of what he earned last season. And then his base salary for each year of the deal, which could take him through 2025, uh, $605,000. Wow. While additional compensation starts at $3,395,000 in the first year, combining for $4 million total, that escalates to as much as $3.8 million in the final year. So basically, $605,000 with $3,395,000 of incentives. Uh, the year one will be $4 million, but then after that, it's very incentive-based. And is $2.5 million of that being Ohio State? <laughs> like, if you be Ohio State, we'll give you $2.5 million. I would say that's a million of it. How could it not be? You know what I mean? Because has he done it? No. So has no. he been in this thing? I don't, I don't think, think he has. has. No. No. Because they brought him in there for that job. I mean, and we've talked about this before. Like, that's your one. You, like, you got one job. One and nine, and that one better be Ohio State, and you're safe. <laughs> and he might get it if we'll get to it in a, or a little bit. He might get it if Urban Meyer takes the whole Ohio State crew with him. Yeah, yeah. That's another thing is, is Ryan Day's kind of sitting there with a good staff. Um, but, yeah, I – you know, my thing, my whole thing with that is, is like you give them all these incentives for success and yeah, that incentivizes you as a person. And that sounds great to anybody where it's like, oh yeah, it's incentives. And if he wins a bunch of games or if he works really hard, but then that's kind of discounting what he's done. Right. So what was he, was he not trying for his $8 million contract? Uh-huh. You know, we act like, he was just going through the motions for $8 million. No, he was trying to win because all of us as coaches, we don't sit here and say like, oh, our high school stipend. Well, 
you know, I'll try harder if you give me an extra 500 bucks or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like we all try and win every game, no matter what we're getting paid. And even volunteering, if you're a coach and you're volunteering, you want your kids to have success. Mm -hmm. So to sit here and slap a monetary value and be like, oh, well, we're going to give him these incentives is almost like, well, then what was he doing before? Um, and how do you coach harder? Like, I don't get that. Is that, oh, we're just going to add more stress onto a staff to where they're staying over at night and their home lives just absolutely suck because they never see their wives because they're constantly at work because they're trying to get that win? Or is, I just, I like incentives because obviously in theory it works, but with coaching, we all coach to win. It isn't like he's been coaching to lose over the last few years, and now he needs an incentive to win. Um, or is I'm going to go deeper into this. Is the system broken because do they just overpay coaches right away because of their name? Or should it be right when they get hired, hey, we're going to give you a three-year contract. Not saying that he's going to get fired after three years. Right. But you need right. more than three years if you're a new coach, I think. Absolutely. He's even, I know Nick Saban won, but if you look when he first got there, he had to build that up, you know, and yeah. it's yeah. about three years, four years. Should it just be that right away? Like, hey, we'll pay you, I don't know, $2 million this first year, $3 million, $4 million this first mm -hmm. year because of your name, because you've had success. But then after that, it's incentive. Because here's when you, so when you add incentives, right? So like some of these places, this is really going to kind of jump into something, but something that's most definitely illegal. But um, if if it if it's in my contract that I got to get a five star recruit, right? Uh -huh. I get money. How much money am I willing to spend to get that kicker? To get a recruit, you know right. what I mean? Where does money and morals? Where does that paradigm kind of shift? Do I care about the money? Or do I care about my morality? You know, I'm not saying that he's done that, but I've heard of coaches that actually like have those kind of incentives. And it's like, so it's hard for me to compete with X guy over here. So if I can get this kid a little bit of money, then he'll come here. Then I get an incentive kicker. And it's the same thing with like having GPA incentives. Like I understand it. And that sounds all and well with anybody, right? Oh, if your team has a good GPA, you get paid a bonus. But then how much of the time are the tutors not tutoring? Instead, they're doing something for kids, you know? And North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's a fake curriculum. <laughs> I mean, they made an entire fake thing for them, you know? But, you know. Or should it just be not in a – should it, I, rabbit holes should gpa just instead of being incentive just be a, a raise so maybe like when their contract's up like hey your gpa was mm -hmm. this here's a raise for your staff not just him just like the staff yeah instead of or, being like it's, it's not longer an incentive where you're going to have shady shit going on is it just going to be what is or or well and then but it's still if if it's tied to money right it's how much can i spend because ultimately if you think about it if i am going to get a fifty thousand dollar bump for getting a five-star recruit, I'll pay $25,000 to get a recruit to come to me because that's another, the, the other half of that, 
is money that I wouldn't have otherwise. Right? So if you had to spend $80 to make a hundred, you would do that because you still have $20 that you didn't have before. Kind of like yesterday, I won 50 bucks off the Tampa Bay game and I only spent five. But now Thank you, Tom Brady. <laughs> so, I mean, that's the thing is when you start monetizing things like that, it's people are like, okay, what can I do to have success, right? And there's the right way to do it, and there's the wrong way to do it. But the right way is really freaking hard. I think and, the only incentive should be wins and losses. But I even think at that, I think it should be graded, kind of like you. If I'm a first-year head coach, for them to tell me I need to win eight games, if if you're replacing somebody in college football, they've either gotten fired or they've taken a better job. <laughs> there, there's like no in-between. Uh -huh. So if I'm taking over for somebody that's fired and I have to put in my culture to say that I have to win X amount of games is, eh, I don't know. But then everybody wants measurables, right? And wins and losses is a measurable. Um, but I'm kind of with you. Like, what if instead of instead of giving the co the head coach a bonus, what if you say we will increase your football budget by X amount if this is the case? Because then that money goes back into the team as opposed to individuals. Yeah. So then you can, okay, so I can get, maybe I can get nicer equipment or maybe I can give all of the staff a little bit of a raise. It goes into a football budget as opposed to one individual with heavy incentives and it's on their shoulders, you know. Or like those, because NCAA rules, they can do team dinners. They can't really yeah. buy them food, but it has to be a team dinner. Yeah. Maybe that money goes to that. Like, hey, instead of just Thursdays or Fridays, Maybe we do breakfast now because I have the money to. There you go. Yeah. And, and so then you start like taking care of things and you give people incentives. Um, but it's not necessarily on the individual. And I mean, it's kind of like a reward system, right? Like a genuine reward system. So I could see that, but I, I think it's crazy to have like, we act like Jim Harbaugh hasn't tried to win. Well, he has. And then what's he going to do to try and reach those incentives? You know? Yeah. Not saying, that, not saying that he's going to go do something, right, change, right. but but we probably think of some coaches, Kevin Steele, who might do that. When you, when you put pressure on somebody to win and ultimately there's probably a cap, right? There's a uh -huh. cap on effort. There's a cap on what are you going to do to raise that cap up so you can meet an incentive? I don't know. Um, yeah, and like people forget. He didn't forget how to coach. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh will forget more than me and you both know. And like do people forget that he won at Stanford? So it's not like he doesn't know how college football works. Mm -hmm. Now, he did have Andrew Luck. But like people forget like he knows how to coach. He did good at the 49ers. Yeah. But has Michigan become hard to recruit for because it's in Michigan where it's cold? If I got – First thing I look at, well, hypothetically, what we would say is the first thing every student athlete should look at is the academics. Yeah, okay. Um, if I got an offer to go to Florida or I got an offer to go to Michigan, okay, both similar. Well, no, let's see. Let's go someplace lower. What's a worser SEC school? 
That's in the South. Mississippi State. Let's just say. There you go. Still in Mississippi. Is that warmer? Yep. <laughs> yeah. You know. And then I actually think he was getting out recruited by Iowa and Wisconsin. Yeah. Iowa's got a little pipeline up in the northern part of the state for offensive linemen, and I'm hoping Coach Belima can get that kind of kicked out of here. Hopefully. I, I you know, and I well, let's not go on the Illinois football kick, but let's kind of go there. Like I'm hoping that he can kind of shore up our state a little bit when it comes to recruiting. I'm not saying he's going to get every recruit because there are going to be kids that leave because they get better opportunities, but hopefully we, he can create Illinois to be an opportunity. He just uh, has to show his face. Like if they're trying, that's mm-hmm. all that matters. Yeah. Like today they just offered a Rochester kid today mm-hmm. a scholarship. Then they just re- gave a scholarship to a Springfield high school guy who just committed to Rutgers, but he is recruiting him again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so he's trying, like it's showing right now, like he's going to recruit them. And so maybe Jim Harbaugh does that. Maybe they don't get kids around Michigan. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, you look at when Illinois was good, right? Let's look at when Illinois, when we went to the Rose bowl, right? Uh, Richard Mendenhall from Skokie, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juice Williams was from Illinois. Uh, Martez Wilson was from Illinois. Uh, Jay Lehman was from Illinois. Britt Miller was from Illinois. Like your centerpieces were from Illinois because they had pride. And then you add in an Aurelius Ben. You know, you add in some pieces, but your core, your foundation is Illinois. Mm-hmm. Because we have good enough football here um, that – you know, coaches like recruiting in Illinois. There's a reason they come to Illinois to recruit kids in the Midwest. There's a reason Wisconsin tries to get a lot of Illinois kids. There's a reason Iowa tries to get a lot of Illinois kids. Hell, there's even a reason Indiana tries to get a lot of Illinois kids. Hey, everybody. As you know, the Coach Steve Show is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. And in case you've missed it, they've recently par- partnered with FUBU TV. Now, what is FUBU TV? FUBU TV brings you 100 plus channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and more without the hassle of a cable contract. It is 2020, it's time to cut the cord. If you don't believe me, please click the link in the episode description or on the social media profile and you can get a seven day free trial. So please, again, go click on the link for FUBU TV in the episode description or in the social media profile, get a seven-day free trial to support the Coach Steve Show podcast as well as the Unhinged Sports Network. And Missouri. Right. Missouri yeah. will speak up here. Yes. So we have good football in this state. Um, and so to be able to – you can build a foundation off this state's football talent. There we go. That's probably right. the best way to state it. Because at Iowa, they know in Iowa, part of Illinois and up north, they get the big boys. Yep. Big offensive linemen, tight ends. And, and Iowa uses fullbacks. People don't know what a fullback is. It's a guy with the running back. You don't know what a fullback is. Yes. But they know he, he knows <laughs> he can get back. Big H-back. A mix yeah. between an H-back and an offensive guard, that's a fullback. For people <laughs> that don't know. I'm the spread <laughs> guy, but I still know what fullbacks are. <laughs> From our Oakwood days, and yeah, you know what backs are. 
We know what a true H back is. Yes, we know what a fullback, H back, and a running back all look like. Yeah. <laughs> and we can put them all in the same backfield. Mm-hmm. What that power eye? Let's get that power option eye coming back. That'd, that'd be crazy. I thought about it for like coming out in something like that as an OC before. Like when I was at Charleston, I had it drawn up. I was like, what first year Georgetown, we ran it. You line up against a non-physical team, and then you got three backs and an eye. And two of those backs love to smack people. Yeah, it changes the game real quick. I thought about doing it like in the red zone. Yeah, it's just something different. Yeah. But, yeah, so Jim Harbaugh, I just (laughs) – Eyebone and Blitzkrieg. Oh God! Was it? Uh, God, somebody thinking speed option right, speed option left, lead look. Was it lead load and speed? Something and like power. that. Yeah. But yeah, power's out the polar. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, what was that. Did you know, we even run? Did we even run a counter where we pulled both the guard and tackle? When I was in high school, yes. I don't a little bit, dude. I was a tight end. My hero is my job. Either arc to the backer or kick out the defensive end. That was my two jobs. I remember we ran it a couple times. Okay. Uh, the one I hated was when they he tried to make me a guard and we ran that buck sweep toss. I hated it. it <laughs> running. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hated it so much. Because <laughs> I'm 6'5". I'm not meant to turn and run every... Unless I was the backside guard, then I knew I could jog. I'm like, I'm not going to get to nobody. I can just jog. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that, the <laughs> oh, the stuff we used to do. The places you will go. Um, yeah. So, no, it, I think just to close it up with old Jim, I just – it sounds nice. I mean, it's going to be cheaper for the university, you know, if he doesn't meet incentives. So there isn't probably as much pressure to fire him because let's be how many, because Michigan's a place where you're going to have to hire a Michigan person. How many Michigan people are out there right now that are really attractive coaches? And I probably couldn't name too many. I'm sure there's more than what I know, but. And then I don't, I want people to hear this again. People hear these big contracts. I want people to know the school doesn't pay that full salary. Boosters do. That's my TED talk. They need to realize that. And then you can go even further and be like, well, that's why Gus Malzahn kind of got out was because the defensive coordinator went and talked to boosters. <laughs> and he doesn't have a job. Not Gus. Kevin Steele doesn't have a job. Now, that just sucks. He's a good D coordinator. And then he had to go do that. Yeah. Well, and so that's what taints you, right? So, I mean, let's look at uh, Hugh Freeze. Yeah. Good coach. Clearly a good coach, you know. Um, but then, you know, you just have something that kind of taints you. Side so, note, have you oh. watched the new Last Chance U season at Langley College? Yes. Maybe, get, maybe getting their D-line coach on the podcast. He just reached back to me. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, I honestly, I love that because I think that that guy is – that's a real dude. Not saying that the other guys weren't, but he is tried and true Oakland. And 
That's pretty cool. Brian Coughlin is his name. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, the head coach. I like the head coach. I thought he was. Yeah, I reached good. out to him. He just reached back out to me. He was like, I'm so sorry taking so long. Yeah, let's talk ball and listen. I'm like, oh. Look at that. You're just taking off, Steve. And maybe You're... the OC from Milliken, too. Oh, nice. And the OC from St. Xavier University up here. Um, okay. I've heard of it. I don't know where it's at, but. I don't know where it's at either. I'm, I'll find out, though. <laughs> I think I know where it's at. I just. Couldn't tell you off the back of my head. You'll know the guy's favorite food before he gets on there. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is Mike Francesa. Join me each week on the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is real sports talk for the podcast generation. Subscribe to the free Mike Francesa podcast today from wherever you get your podcasts. Don't even think about betting this football season until you check out the Sports Betters Paradise podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. The top college and pro football handicappers help you along all season long. Subscribe to Sports Betters Paradise wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, uh, there's somebody else, too. See, I, I haven't recorded anything. I've been lazy. Oh, no. And then I realized I only have, like, four more episodes to release. I was like, oh, shit. You got to build that stockpile up. You got to get those numbers up, Steve. Those are rookie numbers. And especially if we have sports, then I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be. Yeah, you're kind of like, you're going to be cramming it in. Especially if they get basketball going right before football, if they push everything back like they think they're going to do, I'll just be nonstop. Can we can we just say this? Can we just like not do that? Yeah, because I mean, I mean honestly, like have you heard though like they this was in December. Yeah. This is a rabbit hole, guys. So if you don't want to hear Illinois shit, that just stop listening, but the ra- the stuff I heard in December was if they could actually meet like adults and meet, they would start basketball, you know, like sometime in January. Mhm push football into March. Mm-hmm. Everything would get pushed basically into July. Like the end of July, everything would be done. Then our normal football season wouldn't start till sometime in September. We would have to take another season cut to start in December or September. So there's rest time, rest time. Yeah. And at the time I was like, no, that makes no sense. Why, you know, whatever. But now that we're, we're at now, I'm like, I would do that. You know, like I, if you start a sport now, and had football start in March, as long as the sport was going on right now, I'd feel comfortable with it. But if they come out and say, hey, we'll start basketball February 1st, push football into whatever, and we're not starting anything, though, physically right now, then I would hate it, you know? I'll tell you right now, we need one sport to start. Because it's easy to continue to tell people no. Yeah, when's the point of no return? When's the point where they finally cut that string of that carrot? When's that... They're not going to tell you that. And, and you know, this – oh, man, we're really diving do down. We need to stop? Do we need to stop? <laughs> uh, well, you know, the IHSA tried to do the right thing and be diplomatic. And I say do the right thing very loosely because I think it was still the wrong thing. 
I think they should have made their stance early in September when the numbers were low. You know the stance when they said in November, yeah. well, we re- we appreciate the recommendation, but we're still going to play. They should have been doing that back in like August. If not July but, when they were kicking the can. Like, but it took them three months to find their hypothetical balls to actually make a stand and remember who they're representing. Um, because they're representing student athletes and coaches and high schools. They don't represent the government. They're not a government agency. I also think don't want to get too down far. The the this is a rabbit hole, not a mole hole. This is a rabbit hole. Actually, it's kind of a mole hole because we're gonna have a big explosion. It's gonna oh, be no, silly. I got a big ass mole out in my front yard. You can't tell me those things don't go down that far. <laughs> I also think our government laid out a care in front of the IHSA too mm-hmm. when they had that one of their four meetings that they've had. Mm-hmm. They probably hung out a carrot in front of them. And then yeah. when then that last straw of, oh, we're going to have basketball, and then two days later, you know what, I've changed my mind. Well, and the constant undercutting, right? Yeah. Because let's be honest, before the football season, IHSA was going to make do – do you remember this? The IHSA was going to make the announcement, and then Pritzker came out and moved his press conference up two hours – so that he could undercut the IHSA, and then that, and then they just sat there like, "What are we gonna do?" Um, and that emergency meeting, and then that's when they were kind of done. That's yeah, and and so, and 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 part of this is, is I think the parents screwed up suing the IHSA. That's what because screwed it, it up. Um, and not to blame them because ultimately they had the best interest in mind, right? But when you sue somebody who doesn't have enough money. They are going to default to whatever, right? Because if you throw out the two big L words, lawsuit or liability, people shut down on that, especially if you don't have any money. My HSA hasn't made any money this year. So they can't. So it'd be like me going to sue a hobo. Doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah. And so, like, I appreciate that effort, but they were barking up the wrong tree. Right, their their heart was in the right place. It was yeah. what the physical, what their mind did was, we get it, we understand it, we feel it. It was just, don't take your anger out to them, like mm-hmm. focus something else. Well, it's, yeah, and and I think it was on the surface. Yeah, it looked like it was the IHSA, and honestly, with the way the IHSA was acting, it would it looked like it was the IHSA, but when you really look at it, it was the IDPH. Um, the IEA, like me to say it, I'm part of the union, but I really don't give a shit about the union, um, because they're just about useless. Um, cause what, what is the point of having teachers if you don't have students? They can, they can do it online. Uh, don't get me on that kick. Cause that'll just piss me off even more. But, um, yeah, I, I hope that we have sports, but for the sake of athletes. So you're going to have kids that have went from nothing. Some of these kids have done nothing. Okay. They haven't been able to afford going and playing travel ball, all that stuff. And now you're going to cram a bunch of seasons with no rest where every coach is trying to get the maximum out of every kid. You're going to have some injuries that you wouldn't have had before. That's what, and that's that's reckless on that end. That's what scares me. And so like we talked about this, we said, no offense to football. I want football so bad. The two sports that need to happen is baseball and track. Yeah, because they didn't have them last year. 
So we said that from the get-go. So some somebody said, move that to February. And I said, so then you're going to try to football in the summer and then turn back around in September? Yeah, it doesn't it, it, it doesn't work out. And you wonder what? Like, I feel terrible. Well, shit, I coach three sports. So I, mean, <laughs> I feel terrible if a sport doesn't happen. But at the same time, it didn't happen for a few sports last year. Like everybody else got theirs and then you basically got crapped on. And then there's, you know, like our track program was, was up and coming, right? We had 63 kids out with the biggest team in the school, um, in a school of 350 or 360. We had 63 kids out for track and I'm kind of worried. It's like, does that excitement go away? Am I back to year one all over again? You know? Um, not that I'd have to go too far back because I've only been to this would be my third year as a head coach, but does the excitement from year one, how do I get that to carry into year three? Because year two didn't exist. You know, I worry about that a little bit. That's a head coach worry, but. I would think you would still have excitement because hearing all these football guys and stuff saying they had the highest percentage of attendance. Mm -hmm. So maybe I think it would be there if it's happening. Yeah. Now, now mm -hmm. if it's. Now, if it's like, oh, we're going to start May 1st and we're just waiting, then it's no more. But like if sports are going on right before it, then that excitement comes back. I think what they need to do is they need the God dang, dude. We haven't even talked about Urban Meyer or anything. We're almost 40 years in. Illinois, they need to have a contingency plan. If football does not start on time, then then football's done. Okay, let's stop. You can't smash a sport like football into a small season. Not with all the acclimatization and everything. Right. So then you move track. Like there needs to be a continue. If football starts on time, we're going to do this. And if football doesn't start on time, then we're going to move up track and baseball and softball and give them as full of a season as possible because they've been able to play those. Mm-hmm. But then does JB and the IDPH come in and label those sports as high risk like you did basketball when the NFHS says it's a medium risk sport and screw everybody all over again? Yeah, it was funny how basketball was medium risk until the season was about to start. Then it turned into high risk. It's funny yeah, how that impressive, right? Yeah, it's funny. How and actually, it's still listed as a medium risk sport according to the NFHS. So, yep. All right. Well. Urban Meyer. <laughs> well, I want to say this to piss off Michigan fans. Your expectations are too high. We were talking about this before we recorded. Your last national championship was 1997 with a stacked NFL team. But now it's all—it's kind of like Notre Dame. It's championship or bust. And I think that's where pressure comes on for, or for Jim Harbaugh of like championship or bust. You don't even get there. At least Notre Dame sniffs the playoffs or sneaks their way in. Michigan doesn't. Yeah, they don't even get a chance to lay the turd. They just <laughs> – they're still on the front porch. They go to the <laughs> Capital One Bowl and get shit on it by Alabama. That's what happens. Yeah. So, you know, Michigan, I think it should be the expect, But every fan, like, you know, with us with Illinois, it's like, oh, man, wouldn't it be nice? Because it's the wouldn't be nice thing, right? I think realistically, I think Belimo with who he's got coming back, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, and he's got a good um, – some of the staff we don't know about, but the ones I do know, 
he's got a decent staff coming in. Yeah, he's got and and so, but it's like, okay, well, we can be happy with six games, right, Steve? We go five hundred, <laughs> make it to a bowl game, that'd be happy. But what if we can win eight games? And oh. then that's what happens. And then it all blows up from there. You know what I'm saying? If he and then years in a row, he'll have a statue in front of Memorial Stadium, like. And then it's and then the whole conversation goes. Well, what if somehow we can beat Ohio State? You know what I mean? And then it's well, does that whole picture change? You know, I, I, I think, and especially now, everybody wants to have optimism for something. So it shifts to our sports because that's kind we kind of have that right now. So. Yeah, I really like the OC hire he made from Appalachian State. I like that I one. I think he'll be really creative. I think he'll do with what we have. And I can't wait for flip flop Fridays. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to see Luke Ford on flip flop Fridays and Hawaiian shirts. Yes, and then. We all we all agree uh, we have the hottest Big Ten coach's wife, <laughs> who's supposedly outspoken. So at least we'll have nice hot takes after the game. Oh, please tell me she's in the press box, like with a headset on, telling these coaches what's up. Uh, yeah, you want to meet some of your incentives? Get a pissed off wife behind them. <laughs> oh God! All right, Urban Meyer. It is. It was reported yesterday that if he can get his staff put together of who he wants, I think he'll get the Jacksonville job. I think he doesn't want to take it unless he gets his guys. Yep. So he's going to go probably go be the head coach of Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know if I like it for two re- for a couple of reasons. One, he's going to die on the sideline from his heart thing if he can't handle Ohio State and Florida. Well, Florida, I guess, was different. His players were on drunk all the time and out with prostitutes and all that. And I would have a heart attack too, I guess. But then Ohio State, you couldn't do it. But, okay, so let so devil's advocate here, right, because we can't agree on everything. Is the pressure to win at Ohio State and Florida less than the pressure to win in Jacksonville? That's a good question because I – well, I thought of that, though. Like, it's you have more pressure on you, but then it's like it's the NFL, so, like, I think because Urban Meyer puts the pressure on him too. I think that's where it comes from. Yes, because he doesn't want to feel like he's left any round in the chamber, right? He is going to go over and flip over every rock. He'll flip over a million to find the one rock that gives him the one little thing that might help him win. And then, so that's my thing is like, yeah, the pressure may not be great for a normal coach to go to Jacksonville, but is he going to make it that is what I don't know. Now he's taking, what, two years off? Yeah. So maybe that's good though. Yeah, and and maybe he's learned how to manage that. Um, I'm gonna miss him on the college football shows because I think he does a hell of a job. I like, love that's the college football show that I love to watch. I They've love got good personalities and the playbook thing he does breaks down the plays for like people mm-hmm. who watch it. Like, oh, I want to look at this. Like, yeah. that's fantastic. That's a dream job right there. He's got going yeah. on. Yeah. So. Let me put it this way. Urban Meyer would not leave that job if he didn't think he would have success in Jacksonville. And I think it's the one thing it's like, okay, I've been to Florida. I won there. I've been to Ohio state. I've won there, but if I can win at Jacksonville and the pros, that makes me 
You know what I mean? It's a challenge that he hasn't had. Florida isn't a bum. Ohio State isn't a bum. Right. Um, And he's learned things along the way. He left Florida in a horrible situation. And he learned from that. He did not leave Ohio State in a bad bad spot. Dude, Ryan Day got handed a golden baby. Yeah. (laughs) Golden goose egg in the ticket. Like he was like, oh. Yeah. Um, and then, and like a, a lot of people don't know about this because they don't pay much attention to the defensive line, but somehow they lured Larry Johnson from Penn State to coach their D-line. They have a lot of good assistant coaches. They Their wide receivers coach is going to be a future head coach. That Larry Johnson's one of the best D-line coaches. In the and league. he won't go anywhere. Larry Johnson is very loyal, which is why I was surprised he left Penn State. I got to go see him talk at a Glazier clinic, and it totally changed my whole perspective on how you should be as a coach. Yeah, but I thought it was yelling. You know, he doesn't curse. Larry Johnson doesn't curse. If he says Santa Claus, uh, the guys know that he insinu- he's insinuating a bad word. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. If I say Santa Claus, everybody knows I'm upset. I'm jealous of people like that. I wish I couldn't curse. I really yeah. wish I had it. But, I I do pretty well. Oh well, I definitely do well in the school. I don't curse in the school. Um, and coaching sometimes it slips out because I coach with more. I teach with my personality, but then it's like you go through a whole day and it's just there's just yeah, it is what it is. Well, my cursing and coaching came from the OC at the school I was at because I had to transform myself into the bad cop. Yeah. Like, Watched your guys' Georgetown practice. I told you I was like, I would be flipping out right now because I've transformed into that person. Yeah. Because like I think you and I had a conversation of like for your your program, there wasn't necessarily a good cop or a bad cop, but if you came in with a stern voice because you were the head coach, they knew yeah, it was quick. Yeah. For me, everybody else wanted to be their friend, buddy, buddy. And I was like, no, this can't happen. Like we had a kid throw a punch in a game, but still stayed in the game. Recently, the Coach Steve Show has joined with the Unhinged Sports Network. It's an off-the-ground sports network that has different podcasts and is playing 24-7. So it's a podcast radio type website. So every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the Coach Steve Show will have a new episode out. And they have partnered with Fanatics.com. So what I need you guys to do is in the episode descriptions and on social media is click on the Fanatics link and go get yourself some fan gear. Any team that you want 
they have the gear for. Shirts, polos, hats, pullovers that have zips, stocking stuffers, anything like that, anything. Any team you want, they have. So please just support the podcast and support the Unhinged Sports Network. Please click on the, please click on the link in the description. Please click on the link in the social media and go buy stuff. They have anywhere, anywhere. I've seen anywhere between 20, 30, 40, 50, 60% off all, all their apparel. So with sports coming back, please go get some apparel to support your team. So again, click on the link, go get yourself some gear, and thank you for all the support. Yeah, you can't do that. And so I had to be the guy that was like, no, this is horse shit. Like, and so I had to, you know, LeBron, you know how LeBron became the villain when he went to Miami? Like he want, he had to do that. That's yeah. what I did. I had to transform myself into that. And I hated it. I hated yeah. it. Then you're yourself. Then you're not yourself. Cause I think I told you that I told you and like coach Hogan that like, I was like, I, I don't like being a practice. I don't like knowing when I go in there, I have to, nobody's going to discipline these kids. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be that guy that tells them what they don't want to hear. Yeah. And, oh, and I think there's a big thing with, so that can also be a chapter in your book is like, don't be somebody that you're not. It, you're, already, you're never going to be the next Urban Meyer. I'm never going to be the next Bobby Knight. Quit trying to act like him. You need to coach with your personality and be you. And so that's what I do. I've, I have kicked kids out of a track practice. Most people would be like, oh my God, my kids wouldn't come back the next day. They'd just be done. No, my kids came back. As a matter of fact, they asked me, because I'll never forget this. My throwers were, uh, they were throwing a disc and they were not abiding by my safety things, right? I wanted one person out in the vector. They collect all the discs. They carry them back in a bucket. Well, they were sitting there and playing like dodge a disc and seeing how close they could get. And finally I'd had enough. I looked over there and I saw that, walked over, took the bucket. I let the kid collect all the discs because I wasn't doing that. Grabbed the bucket, carried him over to my car, said, practice is over for you guys. You can't be safe. You can't practice. And didn't yell at him. Didn't yell at him. Said, go home. Wasting your time. And you're wasting my time. So just go home. But then before they left, because I had told them I would come in on Saturday. This was on a Friday. I'd come in on Saturday. I said, Coach, can we still throw on Saturday? I said, yeah, I'll be here. Tomorrow's a new day. But today, you really irritated me and you're gone. Mm-hmm. Take it away. Fix everything. Um, and and so, you know, you don't have to be that. Um, yeah, I have no clue how we got to this point in the conversation. but Well, because we're going to talk about he was transforming to Urban Meyer's personality. Is that going to fit oh, well? Yeah. The way he coaches. Yeah. You know, um, there is a different dynamic. You're not recruiting kids anymore. Now you've got salary caps and stuff that you're going to have to to kind of shape around. So I think Urban Meyer will have success if he has a good GM that will work with him. Because in the NFL, what we're kind of hearing with the Bears stuff, and we can address this later, it seems like Nagy is not a Trubisky fan. Uh-huh. He he does not want Mitch to have success, right? But then again, me and you would both agree, Mitch's success is kind of tied to Nagy's security with the team. And there's just a lot that go. Honestly, your best NFL teams are probably the teams 
where the coach, it's not that you got to be yes, men, because you can disagree. But when there's the best working relationships between the coach and the GM, the GM and the owner, and then the coach and the players. And like the coach is that mediator, right? Because you look at like basically places that have self-imploded. Look at like the Houston Texans with Bill O'Brien. It seemed like Deshaun Watson hated that situation. You know, and like player or coach GMs have had success. Like I think Bill Parcells had success with the coach GM thing. But how many good coaches are their GMs? Now you're weighing two different things. And I think that's just too much. So I think it will depend on who he gets as a GM. And if they bring somebody who's kind of got his, you know, the NFL, you can fail real quick if people don't want to change the way they do things. I can't remember who it was talked on an NFL show. Was it Chris Carter? Maybe he said every NFL quarterback is a good player, but it's just, what is the head coach going to do to be able to have, let that player have success. And it's crazy to think that they would railroad somebody out of a job, but they do it because it's a business. Mm-hmm. And this guy might get me an extra two wins next year. I'm going to make this guy look like crap. So we cut him or trade him. It's cutthroat, and that's what yeah. college football is going to now too. It's it's a meat market, cutthroat, yeah, business, yeah. Um, when you see the mil, it's millions. Now it's not like a business where you're only making fifty grand a year. This is millions of dollars you're dealing with. Yeah, yep. And you got to keep fans happy without the fans, especially. That's why I don't know how the NFL is kind of the NFL surviving this year because they've had money built up. Yeah, but like at the time, I was like, to be honest, what the players get. And what the ownership gets is two totally different things. Right. Roger Goodell literally sits there, collects a paycheck. What else does he do? Because you have so many advisors. He announces the draft. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the first round he shows up. And that's about it. <laughs> um. So, like, that's my thing. I just, hmm, yeah. But Urban, I think I think that the players, I think, you know, the players are going to want more money again. I, I personally, because the NFL is a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar business. The players don't see close to that, except for Patrick Mahomes, which is good for him. And it's nonprofit. People need to realize that NFL is non-for-profit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why you only got to play for uh, that's why I only got to get to your second contract to get retirement. <laughs> and that medical stuff. Yeah. Healthcare. Yeah. You just need one contract or get, get to your second contract. Um, but yeah, Urban Meyer is going to go if he gets his staff and it's going to be a lot of the Ohio state staff. And I think the reason why he wants all the Ohio state staff is because of his heart problem. I think he wants people there to know that they're going to do their job. Yes. Well, and with coaches, they they have their system, right? His guys are his guys. There's like, what is it, four coaches that he won't go anywhere without? And you know what? He knows that those guys work. And if I have guys that I enjoy working with, I'm going to want them around me wherever I go. And when you're Urban Meyer, you can say, these four guys are coming with me, 
And those four guys know, because being an assistant coach can be stressful as hell if you're under a derelict. Mm-hmm. So they know what's expected. They'll get paid because it's the NFL. You know, there's there's a limit in budgets when it comes to that. But if you're one of Urban Meyer's like guys, if you don't think he's going to take care of you, you're crazy. And then it's Jacksonville, Florida. Once again, we just talked about, would you like to be in Ohio in November or Jacksonville in November? So, yeah. And then in the NFL, he'll, like in college, he had coaches for everything and things for everything. NFL is going to have more. So you have more resources to handle things to where he, he doesn't probably have to do anything. He'll probably just literally be the CEO in the face on the sideline to where it's yeah. not as much stress. You want to know what he'll be? He'll be about 15,000 reasons as far as season tickets are concerned. I bet you they bump up that much. And then you you get him and then you draft Trevor Lawrence, who's been the face of college football for three years now. You've got – I mean, you're talking possible sellout that first game. Yep. Because he ain't going to draft Justin Fields. And and the table is set for whoever they draft, which we can talk about that in a second if you want. But hands down, I think it's Lawrence. I talked to my buddy who's a huge Jacksonville fan. He says Lawrence has won for three years. That's why Trevor Lawrence. I said, okay, respect. I just wanted to know. Um, that, that will be a sellout. That first game will be a sellout. Mm-hmm. That's two polarizing figures. And James Robinson's not a bad running back. And DJ Chark's not a bad receiver. And then if they draft well, that second pick, that second round pick for them, that's just as valuable as the NFL uh Super Bowl winner. Uh-huh. You know? Um so I think, yeah, I think they're in a good situation. And then if say they keep Minshew or something like that. He's going to compete. Now you've got a competent backup or somebody who can win maybe the first two or three games. I don't know if he's under contract or not, but. This would be his third year in Jacksonville, so I'm sure it is probably his last year. Yeah, because he was drafted in the later rounds. I think it's only like four years or something like that. So, Which I like Minshew. I like yeah, him. I do too. I think he's a he's a gritty player for a small market team. Who did we say he was like? Um, McMahon. He reminds me of McMahon. Yeah. Just got kind of a swag to him. And it's truly a beat to his own drum. Mm-hmm. He's he's not your prototypical pretty boy. He's going to have his mustache and do all kinds of crazy things. And brought a lot of attention to Jacksonville. Minshew mania was a real thing. You know, when Jacksonville was irrelevant, Minshew made them relevant. Like, I don't think that can be understated. That's why I'm glad when the Bears play them, they put Glenn in it. I'm like, oh, thank God it's not Minshew. Yeah, because Minshew would have somehow pulled a rabbit out of a hat and they would have beat us. Yep. When it was Glenn, I was like, okay. (laughs) Steve, let's be honest. We both knew what they were doing when they put Glenn in. (laughs) They wanted that draft. We've we've seen that story in Chicago. Yes, we have. Oh, and I love how the announcers try to justify. They're like, "Oh, Glenn's tall and this and that, and Minshew is." And I'm like, 
you know what? Good for you guys. I wouldn't go that far deep into justifying that. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they really sold that one. <laughs> Cause they, they were like long. They were like, Oh yeah. They put him in because well, he's tall. <laughs> and he throws a better deep, but he's more accurate on the deep ball, which you want to know what in practice, probably true. But Garner Minshew is a freaking gamer. It was like Tim Tebow. Like, do you want to win or do you want to? Yeah. I mean, how many playoff games have the Broncos won since they got rid of Tebow? Oh, that's right. None. Well, Peyton Manning showed up. After Tebow? Oh, okay. Sorry. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time came in and you basically rode his audibles at the line to one Super Bowl. Apologies. <laughs> But he, Tim Tebow beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the play. Who, who was freaking good, mind you. Um, not that the Seahawks weren't, but Peyton Manning also had one of the best defenses like that, that we had ever – like that was Von Miller's. Like crazy years. Yes. So, yeah. Well, we'll see about Urban Meyer. I hope he doesn't have a heart attack. You know what? He's a good guy. I hope he has success. And if he does, that will be the biggest feather in his cap, right? In my opinion. He's going to learn very quickly the way he talks to college players doesn't work. Well, that's what you think, but I mean, Pete Carroll, well, I don't know how he, I don't know how he like coaches if he's like hard nosed, but dude, Pete Carroll did all right. Yeah. I just go back to Nick Saban which Nick Saban's a completely different animal because if you read the book. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. You know, making of a coach, it talks about his whole coaching career. He's been at more colleges than I can remember. Oh, wow. Okay. He coached Ohio State for a year. Like, people don't know that. Like, he's he's been assistant coach everywhere. <laughs> and when he got to the NFL, you know, and then he finally – I think he was the D coordinator for the Oilers at the time. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the linebacker's name. The way he talks to players or the way he coaches them – those guys thought he was – they thought he was trying to be better than them. And then almost got this mm-hmm. book at him and went up to go fight Nick Saban during a meeting. Oh, my. And so you, Nick in the book, Nick Saban was like, yeah, I'm however tall and this six-foot-four linebacker's charging at me. And then the guy writing the book was, but Nick Saban had his hands up. He was ready to go. Like, And it was like, oh, my God. And so uh, how he talks to players, I'm not saying he's – it says he doesn't like belittle them or anything, you know. Right. But you're dealing with 
25 to 32 year olds. You're dealing with men, not young men. You're dealing with men and Saban's better at molding men, not dealing with men. Right, right, right. Now maybe he could go back to the NFL and make it work now because he's older. But yeah, I, he would just he would just basically uh, sign or trade for every Alabama alum. True. <laughs> could you think? I mean, he could run a team for three years just off of people from Alabama. Yeah, if he knows he's got three years left coaching, and he's like, "I'm going to go to the NFL," and he would just get all of his players. And Can they, you imagine like like an all Alabama team? Oh, Alabama could compete with Jacksonville right now. Can you imagine their five wide receiver set? <laughs> Could you imagine their power eye? Oh, God. Yeah. One quarter they come on power eye. The next quarter they go spread. Then they go double wing. <laughs> Jones, a quarterback, they'll get him in the eighth, the sixth round. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. AJ McCarron is a backup. I'm just curious about Urban Meyer, the way he's going to handle men. Yeah. I think he could, but I go back to Nick Saban. And, you know, how are you going to handle men? But it's kind of like with with Michigan, your expectations, and then the fans need to make sure that they understand, you know, like, this is Urban Meyer, and, like, it's a great name, and he's going to sell tickets. But he's also got to learn some of the nuances of the NFL, which I'm sure he's probably exposed to some. Urban Meyer is not going to take a job where he thinks that he could possibly fail. Let's that, be honest. That's true. Because he's Urban Meyer. I can be a, a TV personality and make half a million dollars a year and do a hell of a job at that. Um, so he's got he's going into a situation where he thinks that he can have success. That's true. I was kind of hoping he'd go to Notre Dame if Kelly left. Yeah. Dame got thrown around to go to the NFL. Not a head coach, but I think just going. Like Right. And so I was kind of hoping he'd go to Notre Dame because if he went to Notre Dame, they look you better look out here there in like two years. Yeah, because he would change it within probably two years for sure. Especially if people read that above the line book of his. It's pretty yeah. good. Okay. Yeah. It's, there's one cool thing I like, and I'm going to describe it wrong from that book. It'll have it had this red line when they come out to the practice. Field, there's this red line. Mm-hmm. And that's where the players hang out, and the coaches look at them, and that's where they can tell if they're ready to practice or not. And they'll send them out. And kind of like what you did with your track kids, if they're in practice and he sees something he doesn't like, he goes, go stand behind the red line. You're not ready to practice. You're going to go sit over there. You're not ready. You're not mentally ready to be here. I like that. And then he might check on them a little bit later. And he can. Ju- he said he's done it so long he can just tell by looking at them. Like, you're not ready. Sit here. That's what so, happens. Like, you don't want That's to be behind. Cool. I like that. I like that because then all of a sudden everything at practice matters, right? It isn't like, oh, I'm just going to stand at the back of the receiver line and indie drills and screw off. Like there's an intent to the practice. And people don't understand when you have intent, then we go into the talent code stuff all over again and it creates skill development and all kinds of stuff. 15 minutes of high intention is better than – three hours of nothing because there's actual like i mean there's a lot of science behind it i like that not that i'm going to steal it but i do like that and i kind of do that in a way but yeah there's 
I haven't read the book. I've read it, and then I just it's been like two years. Yeah, so I don't know if it's escaping me, so I have to reread it. Yeah, I have. There's a lot of good stuff. Okay, cool. Uh, he wrote it while he was at Ohio State, so I was like, I don't know if I want to read this. Mm-hmm. And Urban Meyer's done some shady things, but it's still good. Like it's still, yeah. And it talks about how he changed from Florida to Ohio State, how he changed, and well, yeah, because you learn from your experiences. Until his D line coach, whatever that was, that shady shit. Oh yeah, I can't even remember now, but I've slept he since then. Oh yeah, that whole thing. And he knew about it. Well, she said he knew about it. Did it ever come out that he did? So an hour and six minutes later. Yeah, Bama and Ohio State leads right in. I mean, this will be quick, I think. We still don't know what's wrong with Justin Fields. They've I've no. never found anything. So that's a bit shady, in my opinion. Uh, I figured that we would have seen a Bolton thing of like, oh, this is what happened. Because everybody knows Justin Fields went out at halftime, no x-ray, and they gave him a shot and said, here you go. go two forward. shots. He said it was two shots. Two injections. As a parent, would you be pissed off about that? If I was a parent, yeah. Hold on. Just reading. And I, I keep forgetting, Justin Fields originally was at Georgia. Let's Say what? Up. Justin Fields was actually at Georgia. He was recruited by Georgia. Yeah, he was under Fromm. Yeah, I kept forgetting about that. So I was talking to somebody, and he transferred to Ohio State. Yeah. So they're like, that's why they don't think he's as good as everyone says he is. Because like, you went to Georgia. And behind be that. Yeah. So you may not be as good as you think. Except for when they played Clemson, that was the best game of his life. Oh my gosh! Yeah. But I will say this. Um, it is kind of weird because I just looked it up and he just said the training staff did stuff that was good by me. Well, as a player, you're always wanting to play, right? Ask any player when you get to that level, when you're playing for a national championship, you want to come out of the game? Nope. Who's the who? There wasn't there an NFL player that like severely broke his thumb and he just had him cut the thumb off. Did that happen in like the Super Bowl? I don't remember. I can't remember if that that was a true story or not. Because they said, "Oh, you can't play with this." He said, "What if I cut it off?" And they said, "Oh, yeah, you can play." I don't remember. Is that before my time? Possibly. Ronnie Lott. All the proof that you need to know is that he once amputated his pinky because he wanted to avoid missing games. Oh. There you go. So, yeah. So, when you get to that level, everybody wants to compete, right? Everybody wants to win. And, and when you're a professional athlete, Wins mean job security. Or if you're Justin Fields, for example, beating Clemson in the college football playoff means millions of dollars to me because that's draft spots. Mm -hmm. So I got to go out. And, you know, I think it's weird. Like, I don't like how they don't have to put out their injury report. 
but you're telling me that he could barely sit on an exercise bike. So, you know, because when you get in a game, you got all this adrenaline, so you're not thinking about it. Your mind goes elsewhere. But then every shot that they showed with him on the sidelines, he could hardly move. That's why he kept walking up and down the sideline because he's like, if I sit down, I'm not getting back up. Yeah. And you're going to let him go play a football game? Yeah. Everybody wants to talk about how dangerous a spear is, which is dangerous. Don't get me wrong. But they're not going to talk about the uh, Ohio State guys not telling Fields what was wrong and then just giving him two injections. But like we said before we recorded, it could be if they go out when he goes out and plays Bama, are they then going to report and say, oh, he's so tough because he had this wrong with him and he played a game and a half? Yes. Well, so that can spin two ways, right? Somehow, some way, Ice Cube's chance in how they beat Alabama. He beat Alabama, and he was screwed up. Or – No ribs. We lost, and he's the reason we lost because he was hurt. So it's either way, right? Or they try to help his draft stock too. Like, look how tough he is because of this injury later on. I think there's a fine line between toughness and stupidity, and there's a reason Drew Brees didn't play. Now, Drew Brees is not like 20, 21, 22 years old. But at the same time, um, I think it was probably similar-ish. Like, it did not look good. It just didn't look good. No, and I think Alabama is going to test it. I think they're going to try to make him run. I think that's what they're going to do. Well, Alabama, they truly play to the whistle. Sometimes pass the whistle, but never stop before the whistle. So I bet you early on, they'll test him out, and they're going to get to him. Um, Now, I'm sure, judging off that Clemson game, I'm sure Ryan Day is going to have a game plan, you know, to make sure that that doesn't happen and try and get Alabama playing sideline to sideline so they just can't tee off on his quarterback, but. Just because you don't have pain in something doesn't mean you don't have func- doesn't mean you have functionality in it. It just means you don't feel it, and that's a dangerous game. Yeah, they give him that stuff, and he can't feel his right hip, and he gets hit, and he doesn't feel it, and then after the game, he can't move. Yeah, I mean, he had yeah. So I, I, it's dangerous. I think Alabama will come out. I don't think it'll be. A blowout, blowout, but I could see like 14 points or something like that. I think Ohio State will play hard. I just don't know. There's a huge question mark. It's Justin Fields. What's wrong with him? Is there anything wrong with him? Hell, how many kids is Ohio State going to miss because of COVID? Because, you know, we talked about bumping this game back, and I don't think it was because of COVID. I think it was because they wanted Justin Fields to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, at this point in time, COVID's probably went through Ohio State's football program like four times. Because it dates back to Illinois, that Illinois game. Yeah. Back to that. That's maybe why you don't bend rules to get teams in that clearly don't have a handle on COVID. Even Illinois had a handle. Yeah. Well, you know. You did something good. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that was an incentive. (laughs) (laughs) and that's how he got fired play every game or like northwestern they did not have one positive case yeah really weird and fitzgerald is the most underrated coach i think 
he doesn't get a lot of love. Yeah, because he's been there a while. The Allen guy at Indiana, I think, is almost there, but I think Fitzgerald is established. Northwestern wasn't anything before Pat Fitzgerald got there. I mean, Indiana isn't the – but Tom Allen isn't at that level yet because he hasn't been there long enough. Well, if this podcast goes on for two years, two more years from now, we can go back and say, now Tom Allen's established. <laughs> yes. Because we're I'm closing in on 100 episodes too. That's just crazy. Yeah, you're going to be famous like Amos, like the cookies. Yeah, I'm only 1,485 away from Joe Rogan or something. It's You're almost there. You're I'm doing almost- good. <laughs> um, no, Ohio State has three things. Is Justin Fields going to be healthy? Can the O-line run block as good as they did against Clemson? And is that running back going to still be hot? Sermian, whatever his name is, is he going to be hot? See, I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm Alabama – I am saying, Dylan Moses, you have one job, and that's to make sure Trey Moses doesn't go – or Trey Sermon doesn't go anywhere. And, like, you would spy a quarterback. <laughs> I would just spy him. I, or yeah, have him yeah. answer back, you know. That's the thing. Like, I don't expect Alabama to shut them down. But you gave yeah. Saban 11 days to come up with a plan to at least slow it down. Yeah. I give up those big deep balls like Clemson did. Yeah. And I think Alabama is capable enough. Alabama can match up on the outside. Sertan is probably one of the most physically gifted corners in college football. Job is a hell of a corner. Their slot, that's the true freshman, he's a good corner. You know, I, the one thing that worries me is if they try and get Sermon out, which they they haven't done this yet, but trying to get Sermon against Dylan Moses in pass coverage. Right. That's what Yeah. Yep. So kind of where do you spy him? And then say, Justin Fields, if we're going to lose this game, Justin Fields has to run and we're going to test that hip out. Yeah. And then – I don't see Ohio State stopping Alabama's offense. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No. <laughs> um, especially if Waddle comes back and he's a game time decision. So with as with as uh hidden as Ohio State's been with Justin Fields' stuff, is Alabama has been with Jalen Waddle. Like it and and honestly, they're gonna err on the side of caution. They're not gonna ruin Jalen Waddle's NFL chance for one game. But if he can come back and play. Oh, my God, to have him and freaking – oh, gosh. Good luck. Because they – I said this, Clemson's play calling pissed me off because they should have attacked the corners and safeties. Even if it's a five-yard pass, I don't care. You're attacking them. Yeah. How, Alabama going to do exactly that? They're you going know to- what we're going to see? We're going to see those – got to get my hand right. Those two receivers, and then you have Devontae Smith over here, and they're going to go whoop, and Devontae Smith's going to go whoop. 
And they're going to score probably two touchdowns on that. They score on that play every game. Did you watch that Steve Sarkeesian Nike video that coach put out? No, I, I need to watch it. It's on. Dude, he keeps it so simple. He just disguises it. He Everything is yeah. simple. He disguises it. Yeah. And, like, he's like, we don't have RPOs built into every run play because if you did that, the quarterback would just throw the ball every damn time. Yeah. I've seen a lot of coaches where if it's inside zone or something, everybody's blocking. Yeah. So I've even – oh, Jesus. We're really getting off topic, but I've even thought about like tagging run plays with like, you know, if you're tagging it with like a route combination or an RPO combination, like calling run play. And if I want you to block, it's called something. If I want you to bubble block, it's something. If I, you know, like if I want you to run a slant, it's something. And you like tag it and you have like four different route combos. I can give you some tips here. When I was at Glumbard's, Glumbard, I just real quick, Glumbard East, the rule was if we called inside zone and the mm-hmm. running back was two years on the side where the wide receiver, so if you're in a two by two, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back was on, I'm the two wide receivers and I look and the running back is on my side. Mm-hmm. We're running a bubble. Yes. Yeah. Cause and, that's easy to do. Right. And it's not an ex- if the quarterback will think about throwing it. You know what I mean? Like that's right. one of those where he actually is going to think about it. The guys on the right side are all run blocking, and the mm-hmm. reason we did that was because when we did the inside zone where we had the right tackle arc release, mm-hmm. blocking, like it was just set up perfectly. Gotcha. Um, but there's some different stuff out of trips that I would want to do, and I didn't know how to do that because I like trips. A two by two is nice, but I like trips. So what people are doing now is they're taking quick game concepts and that's their RPO. So if you have inside zone called and everybody blocks, well, then if you're like, if a coach tells you from the box or whatever, coach stick is there because they're doing this and you Mm -hmm. are comfortable with it. You go, okay, you call, let's say it's Zorro zone, right? So I'm going to call Zorro stick. So in your trips, they're running stick. You have Zorro up front and the quarterback knows my read now has become that backer for stick. If I don't like it, I hand it off. See, I think I am going to get to the one word system. I like the one word system, but we don't do that right now. But that's something in my later days of being a coach, I would like to implement. You're seeing a lot of that because what people were doing was they were adding RPO plays. So now you're just creating this big ass playbook. Yep. So yep. Were- why not just marry your quick game? Marry it together. And then it's just two words. So like you said, you know. That's what we did at Lombardi. So like everybody ran the bubble and everybody else blocked. Well, what if we wanted those guys, guys that were blocking to do something else? Well, you just mm-hmm. said it. So you were like, hey, we're going to do, um, I'm just going to say Zoro. Let's say, okay, it's Zoro snag. Well, the wide receivers know if the running back's on their side, they're still running the bubble. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to run a bubble go. We want to keep those guys to get to fall asleep. Yep. Then the guys that were normally blocking are running snag. So it was just the quarterback kind of knew, hey, fuck the bubble. I'm going to look at the snag instead. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now we really went off topic there. That's what Sarkeesian does. He keeps it simple like that. So I see – I don't see Ohio State slowing down Alabama. I don't think I don't think Ohio State can keep up with Alabama scoring, but I think they will score. 
They will. Like I said, 14 points I could see. If Fields gets on a roll, if Fields can't move, um, we're looking at 35-point difference or something. You know what I mean? Um, I and, and I think really it is on Fields because I think Alabama will be committed to stopping the run. Because if you look at the games where Ohio State's won, the big games, they put the hand, the ball in the hands of Trey Sermon. Which ends up, that's what opened up that deep ball against Clemson. Because what yeah. do they think about it? They're like, we got to watch him. Alabama won't let that happen. Yeah, and Alabama's got good enough. Alabama's corners are premium corners. And I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again. Alabama spent all that energy when they played Clemson years ago, and when they went to play Georgia in the national championship game, they were just so mentally drained from all that work that Georgia actually could should have won that game. Yeah. I think Ohio State put all their mental energy into Clemson. Yeah, was Clemson the national championship for them? Yeah, so they put all their energy into that. Now, I know they've had 11 days, but then how many reps has Justin Fields taken Yep. since that injury? So they put all their mental energy into Clemson. They won. You're not done yet. You got to go play Bama, who was rested. Because I know we're talking about momentum, but I thought about some more. They're probably rested. Yeah. And ready to go. Yeah, I think rest-wise, I think Alabama will be just fine because I think Nick Saban trusts those sports science guys. There there will be no – to me, to me, there will be no argument of, oh, they played 11 games and Ohio State only played seven games. Like, I think that their, their guys will have them ready to go. That won't be a reason. Yeah. I'm scared because I said Clemson was going to beat Ohio State by like 30. <laughs> and so for this game, I'm just saying 10, 10 and a half, just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would say max 14, minimum 10. And it's going to fall somewhere in there. But if if fields, if fields is all of a sudden not a no-go for a half, yeah, it could get ugly. If he's a no-go and if and if there's no big plays. If Ohio State doesn't get the big runs and whatever, then they could get ugly by like 20 points. I think that's the thing. I think Alabama is going to defensively just try and turn it into a grinder. Mm -hmm. Because if if there's explosive plays, I think that that – it lets Fields get in a rhythm. And honestly, like, he played amazing against Clemson. I ain't worried on that one. And and kudos to him because there was a lot of people saying, well, he hadn't beat anybody. Oh no! I we ate our words. I have to give him credit, and I give we all give credit Illinois because we're Illinois fans. We can say like, you know what? Yeah, you played well. Yeah, you played lights out, dude. Good job. Yeah, I still hate Ohio State, but you played really well. (laughs) I hate you, and I want you to lose. But congrats. (laughs) (laughs) Or like Christmas vacation. Kiss his ass. Kiss my ass. That's what I think of, of Justin Fields. That was that was there was one guy who I got into it with on Twitter, and uh, he was talking about like how you know we can disagree on things, but we still respect each other, kind of thing. And so I posted on his on his thing. I said, yeah, just like we disagree with you know a spear and its intention, but I agree with you, and I follow him for basically all of his COVID knowledge. Like he's. He's very good at like breaking down charts and statistics and stuff like that when it comes to COVID. I was like, 
I agree with you basically on everything else, but I just thought it was bullcrap. They kicked that kid out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like spearing is a rule. Spearing is a rule. Targeting is a rule. So, but it's, you know, how is the rule enforced? But let's not get into that because then that takes us away from Illinois basketball, which is who's hot. Yeah. Like, I missed some of it of the last game because mm-hmm. I saw it before halftime because we were doing something. I missed, and then I, then somebody said, watch it now. And I, I got an Amazon tablet for Christmas. So I flip it open and I get on there. I'm like, oh, goodness. Steve, we held them to 8% shooting in the second half. Like, 8%. I love it. And then can we just, Brad, I know you're not here, you're a ghost. But Brad pointed, goes, did you guys see that he called out that everybody smacked the floor at one time? Yeah. It was like the Hawaii dance thing that they do before the game. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that gives you chills. I was That's Duke from back in the day when they all smacked yeah. the floor. And then I didn't realize this, but I didn't know that that Collins was from Duke. And so they thought that that might have been a slap in his face. And I was like, no, it wasn't. It was like, you know, we were just amped up to play defense. Because it was in the first in the first half, we played like absolute butt. And then in the second half, they had like Northwestern had like seven or eight turnovers in the first five minutes. Jacob's still with us. Yes. Uh, Kofi is not only a monster slapping the floor, but I was at the game where he punched the referee in the head too. (laughs) Uh, And when I saw that happen, I felt that pain in my skull. Because I don't think they replayed that like that much at home because I watched it. We DVR'd it and I watched it at home. And they didn't play it enough to see that live because it was a big play. All the eyes were on Kofi and then he freaking went, woom. And I mean, it was literally like a caveman, just you know, like in like the cartoons where they like bop the dude on the head and it just passes out. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> like the referee just kind of did like this little stammer and then collapsed. <laughs> um, and I mean, it was ultimately the emotion of the game. But how cool is it for us to have a big man? And then you know, like we talked about before, have like Demonte Williams have such an improvement. You know, because he's he whether we want to say it or not living in his dad's shadow because his dad, I mean, Frank Williams was right amidst all of the Illinois success. Uh, when we first kind of took off with like Bill self and stuff like that. And probably one of the first teams you remember, Steve, to be honest. Um, and so like that young twenties, that's who they remember is like Frankie Williams and all those guys. And for him to like have more success now and not just be a defensive guy and an offensive liability. Um, you know, Trent Frazier still kind of does some crazy things sometimes. The one thing I was happy about was Curbelo kind of cooled his jets a little bit. What was the deal with everybody wanting him to start? And then everybody was all pissed off at him when he said, I want to come off the bench. Like, whatever happened to people understanding their role? Because he's getting starters minutes. Right. Well, because it's the generation of, like, you know, like we were all in high school and played sports. If you're not a starter, you're not important. Yeah. And they look at how good he plays, and they're like, oh, he should be a starter. But do you realize the guy coming off the bench is almost more important than the starter? Yeah. Because when Io's not out there, Curbelo is. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know how cool it is to, like, see your second team with an actual point guard? It makes your second team relevant. Like, I'm looking at the minutes. 
he plays he played 20 minutes against Northwestern. Yeah. And the starters, you know, 28 minutes, 33 minutes, 30 minutes. Williams only played 23 min- minutes. Yeah. And like so he's playing starters minutes. Or close he, to. Close I'm, to. And, and honestly, Northwestern, he was in foul trouble and stuff. Pull up the pull up the game before that. Here at the Coach Steve Show podcast, we're very excited for our new sponsor for the show, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee. Pretty exciting that they wanted to sponsor the podcast and very um, excited for the opportunity to be sponsored by them. Um, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a very unique kickoff tee. It's, there's nothing like it. It is created so that way you can place the football however you want it. You want it to stand up higher, it can stand up higher. If you want it you know, to make it down lower to make the football be kicked off and go farther, it can do that. You want to place it to the side. You want it to stand straight up however you want. You could put it upside down if that's the thing. However you want, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee can let you do that. So if you're a coach and you have a younger guy or a developing kicker who is not reaching the end zone at all times, this is the perfect kickoff tee for you. The reason is that it gives a coach a strategic options on squibs and onside kicks that were never available before. This kickoff tee is legal for the NCAA use and for all high schools at the National Federation High School Association. The Launchpad kickoff tee, it is a game changer, guys. Having one here is a complete game changer. Check out the videos that they've posted. It's, it's amazing stuff to see what the kickers can do once they get this and get the kicking down and use this tee. So for now, what I need you to do, if you're interested in looking at it and going to buy one, please go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. And when you buy the one T, use the code CSS to get 10% off. But also there are other options using the same link. If you want to buy two, you can get 25% off. If you think you need more and want to go buy the four pack option, you can buy three and get one of them for free. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS and use the code CSS and go get this game-changing kickoff tee for all you kickers and you coaches today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. If my guarantee you it's higher, because I don't think he came off the floor in the second half in that game. Who was the game before? Oh, Purdue? Yeah. Purdue, box score. Sorry, we don't have... 29 minutes. 29 minutes. He didn't come off the floor in the second half. 
So that's the thing. Underwood will roll with him if he's hot. But my whole thing, I love Andre Corbello. Like, I absolutely do. The one thing I will say is, is he can kind of get carried away a little bit sometimes. And some of the plays he tries to make are super boom or super bust. And when you're in the first four or five minutes of the game, you're looking for consistency and you're looking for a nice incline. You're not looking for boom and then turnover, turnover, and now all of a sudden you're down six early and you're in a hole and the momentum's all off. He plays very well coming off the bench. Same with Georgie. Georgie at the beginning of the year was playing like he was his freshman year. Uh And then, you know, I personally thought I was like, damn, you know, Georgie's kind of got that fire again. Like he's bringing it. Like this is awesome to see. Georgie's better off the bench. We have a couple of spark plugs off the bench. We have a luxury. And look at all the teams in the past that have won championships. They have great starters, but off their bench, they don't miss a beat. Remember Jack Ingram with that 05-06 team? Jack Ingram was huge. Yes. Hit that three at Wisconsin and stuff. I mean, and we have energy guys. It isn't like it's like, oh, this is a good player coming off the bench. It's like, oh, this guy – when everything levels out, can come in and give us a big jaunt up. Well, that's Carmelo, you know, even though he gets a little crazy, but the times where it's perfect, like against Northwestern, yeah. when he everybody matches it. Like when he is on playing good defense, stealing the ball and whatever, everybody's like, oh, now we got to go up to here. And he's only a freshman. Yeah. yeah. Remember that. He's only a freaking freshman. And I will tell you, he makes people better because he's a pass first. And, and like, he gets people involved. And what's great about him is normally as a freshman, when you get crazy, it's hard to come back. Yeah. And when he just goes talks to Underwood for a minute, it like comes back. Yeah. Which is staying here for a couple of years. I can't wait to see what he does here next year and the year after. Like, good Lord. Yeah. Well, just imagine when he actually develops like a, a three-point shot, you know, because that is probably one thing for him is, is he can make three-pointers and he has, but it's not like when he shoots it, I'm like, Oh, okay. This has a good shot of going in, but he is our one guy who is fearless going to the paint. Mm-hmm. You know, IO does it, but it's nice to have another guy. Right. They play uh, today, actually. What time? Seven. Oh, perfect. After the Bears game, I'll just watch that. Yeah, so I'll end the day on a high note. Yeah, they play Maryland. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, at Maryland? No, at home. Ooh, okay. I I really I enjoy this team and you know it's fun to watch. We got a tough schedule. The Big Ten's fun to watch. The Big Ten's fun to watch. To be honest, we're we're sitting in like basketball. As the SEC sits for football, we're sitting for basketball. And I love how everybody acknowledges like you listen to announcers, like, no, the Big Ten is bad like Remember how there used to be the argument in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and then they'd be like, well, whoever wins this, this will be the number one conference in basketball. It wasn't even a discussion here the last two years. It's Big Ten. And that's what they were saying before COVID. Look at all the Big Ten schools that were going to make the tournament last year. Look at all that's going to make it now, again. They had 11. 11 in a conference that only identifies as 10. They're all going to make the tournament pretty much. Like, yeah, pretty much going to make the tournament. 
And if you're a team, if you're a team, you don't want to play one of those schools. No. Because they played, I would say Illinois and Iowa are legit, probably top five. And then Wisconsin's definitely top 10. And then Rutgers is probably top 15. If Harper's healthy, top 15. Mm-hmm. And that guy's flopping is going well for him that game. God, I hate that number four with that freaking headband. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he like, is to me like LeBron is to you. And Michigan is good. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the record Michigan's 10 and 0. <laughs> Illinois, 9 and 3. Iowa's 10 and 2. Wisconsin's 10 and 2. Minnesota's 10 and 3. Yeah, we trounce Minnesota, and then they go out and beat like Michigan State and Iowa. Uh, Ohio State's nine and three. Purdue is eight and five. You haven't even said Michigan State yet. No, this isn't. A, I don't know. It's the Big Ten standings, right? Uh, Northwestern is six and four. Uh, Rutgers is seven and four. Indiana's seven and five. Michigan State's eight and four. Yeah. Maryland is six and six. Penn State is three and four. And Nebraska is four and seven. So we have two teams that are below 500. Right. I'd say that's an okay conference. I would say like maybe three or four don't make it to the tournament out of that. And that's just being like, I don't know. Think of the strength of schedule though. Right. So maybe two, maybe those bottom two don't make it. Yeah. Because the strength of schedule, as long as you're like, I don't know how many games are playing, but like an 18 and 14-ish record with the strength of schedule, they're going to be bumped up. Well, like Illinois has a lot of games left. Like they played Maryland today, Nebraska, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Iowa. Yeah. Indiana, Wisconsin. Oh, Like Michigan is 10th in the nation. I was like, I don't know what top three. Wait a minute. Okay, Michigan State's twenty-three. Iowa's number five. Wisconsin is eight. Michigan is ten. Minnesota is sixteen. So like, and Indiana's not bad. They're not bad. They're getting better. Yeah, coach of theirs. I don't. I don't know later on if I'd want to play them. I think when they figure it out, they'll be all right. No, it's hard for me to say, but this is Indiana, but it's being being truthful. So yeah, Big Ten is basketball dominance, and it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch, and if Illinois can play that way all the time, which I think they might, maybe that's a turning point because that not every team can go out and score fifty three to thirteen or whatever it was, and only allow two second half field goals. Yeah, the rest was free throws. Because where was it? Yeah, 53 to 13 in the second half. That was probably the best half I had ever seen. The only time that I can remember watching something like that was when I watched the last four. Well, obviously I watched the whole game, but the last four minutes of the Arizona-Illinois. Against Luke Walton. Uh, No. No, that was – Come on, McLaughlin, pop it up. Um, <laughs> I can see his face. He's got like the afro. 
and he was exhausted. Oh, what was that team? Was it Ch- was Channing Fryer on that team? Oh, God, I don't know. That was, that was the big man. Jacob, you're not doing it fast enough. No, there's a delay because my buddy said that there was a delay. Um, Yeah, it's got to filter it to us to filter it out. Um, Where is it at? What was that, 2005? Was Varajal? Was Lute Olson the head coach then? Channing Fry. Yes. This is not that team. Wait a minute. Was nope. it 04 or 05? No, it was the year we went to the the year we went to the freaking final four. Was that that was 05, 06, wasn't it? I thought it was 04 05. Was it? Oh yeah. Yeah, Lute Holtzen was the coach. Channing okay. Fry was on there. Yep. Um, Hassan, no, Salim Stoudemire. That was the guy. Stoudemire was the one. Who was the stud? And he was gassed. Oh, yeah, Jacob said Shane Fry. Yeah. No, I haven't seen that since that. And I didn't know if Illinois could ever do it again until they did it against Northwestern. Northwestern was playing good. Northwestern's not a bad game. I'll be honest. The one game that does have me worried is Iowa. And I think it, and and here is the reason why. I think we'll defend the perimeter fine, but I think Luca Garza will have a hell of a game because Luca Garza has a hard time with mobile big men and Kofi lets him play within his realm. Mm -hmm. And Kofi does not defend well on the perimeter and Luca can hit the three. That that is my thing. I don't think we'll have a problem with everybody else shooting because I think our perimeter defense is really good. What our problem is going to be when they bring up Garza for a pick and pop, and we don't defend that very well. Right. And we don't play very well against their three-two zone either. So that'll be two things that I think look going forward that we got to look at. I think it won't be much so much the threes that will be raining. From Iowa, I think it will be – we don't have a guy who def- – like like Nance is a hell of a perimeter defender, and he's very athletic for a big guy, whereas Kofi's your Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. And – He's going to stay in the paint and say you're not allowed in here. <laughs> yeah. Deflect shots. Deflect shots, and I ain't going out there – by the three-point line. That's not where I go. So it'll be interesting to see how we address that. All right, we're going to cut it short because I didn't realize it's been an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, we've done well, good, Steve. Well, I just put Chicago Bears playoff. I feel dirty. Because we're supposed to like it, but we don't. Yeah, well, for, I feel dirty for two reasons. One, we're as fans, we're like, yeah, we're in the playoffs. But then it's like we're not supposed to be here. Yeah, we backdoored it in. Literally, like you want definition of backdoor, 2020 Chicago Bears are your definition we're of. Like, we're like the seven and nine Arizona Cardinals making it like back in the day, or like the Washington football team this year. 
Yeah, I told somebody that it was the coach yesterday. He goes, well, at least you won eight games and not the Cardinal or the Washington Dino won six. And I said, that's true. But like, it wasn't that long ago where we lost six or seven in a row. And we were like, nope. And that's the other thing. How long ago did we say we were just done and we need Nagy to go? And now here we are. Gone. Yep. And so do we trust them to – do we trust Ryan Pace to take another shot on a quarterback? <laughs> and is there even going to be a quarterback available where we're picking? Probably not. But Deshaun Watson wants to leave. <laughs> Here's a hot take for you. Put Deshaun Watson in Trubisky's situation, same damn thing. Because of who's calling plays. Yep. But it's funny how uh, when the Bears oh, look at the weapons. But it's isn't it funny how at the beginning of the year you and I said use those tight ends, do rollouts, do power reads, do zone stuff, and we'll be okay. Isn't it funny how when they did that we were okay until the we're actually not okay. We were better than average. We were scoring like 30, 40 points a game. <laughs> and Trubisky was throwing. I did it on FanDuel. I won money off him. I said he was going to throw for over 250 yards, and he throws for over 250 yards. Yeah. You want to know what it was? Uh, well, and then how many times are we here's, – here's my problem is, is they do rhythm throws to get Trubisky in rhythm. I'm cool with that. As a coach, I understand that. Okay, but then they forget that you got to go north and south to score touchdowns. It's the NFL. Well, and that's the other thing. What have all the announcers said? Oh, if they got Montgomery going in the run game, guess what happens when they did that for him? It opened up Trubisky to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have to do that. I think Nagy wants everything to be this updated RPO. Chicago football is not, Chicago football is predicated off the run. Look at how good our team was with a good defense and Thomas Jones at running back. We had Kyle Orton and went 13 and 3. And Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Predicated off of a run game. You want to know when we lost games with that Super Bowl team? It was when Rex Grossman had to throw the ball 30-plus times. We, we lost that game because of the quarterback on the other side and because and because Rex Grossman had to – we had to put it on his back. No, no, no. We had to give Cedric Benson the ball. Yeah, that too. Remember Cedric Benson fumbled it? Uh-huh. We quit we, we took the hands out of Thomas or we took the ball out of the hands of Thomas Jones. And then Thomas Jones goes, we let Thomas Jones go. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. 
From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with Alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Cedric Benson turns into basically, I don't even know what, but a turd. And Thomas Jones goes to the New York Jets and rushes for 1,400 yards. We're notorious for giving up good players, and then they rub in our faces. Yes. Like Alshon Jeffrey went to the Eagles right away and was massive. Won a Super Bowl. Won a Super Bowl. Um, Forte. Allen Robinson will do that this year. I, who's not playing today? There's somebody not playing today. They have a few guys out. We do? I think Mooney is not playing. Are they Are they for sure out? Because they were questionable. Somewhat. Yesterday I thought I saw where it was out. Oh. Oh, well, then that's good. Maybe they'll get the ball more to Alshon Jeffrey. Or not Alshon Jeffrey. My God. Allen Robinson. That's Trubitsky's number one target. Allen Robinson? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Nagy loves Mooney. That's why he gets so many plays called for him. But, yeah, um, isn't it amazing? So Mooney, Mooney is out. Buster Screen is out. Roquan is out. Not getting any better. Cor- okay, so Cordero Patterson was full practice on Friday. So he should be okay. Jalen Johnson is questionable. Which can I can I just go ahead and throw this out there? Can we get rid of Kyle Fuller? There is not one corner that talks more shit than Kyle Fuller and doesn't do anything. Yeah, what a waste. He could be the best corner in the league if he quit running his mouth and focused on his job. How many times do we watch a dude catch a ball in front of Kyle Fuller and then he like half-assed like tackles slash shoves him out of bounds? Or how many times does he come in for a hit and just absolutely eats fucking dirt and the dude goes around him? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he points out like it wasn't his fault when that happens. He's like pointing yeah. around. It's like, well, wait a minute. That was on you. Um, there's probably not a more overrated dude as opposed, like, for his pay. Because he's yep. getting paid a lot. A because lot. we didn't need to go to Green Bay. But I'm going to be honest. That first year that we had him, I was like, okay, justified. Now, he could he could be some cap space. Right now, Baltimore is up on Tennessee 20-3. Or 13, oh. 20 to 13, sorry. Okay. 419 left in the game. Wow. All right. And the Bears are up here pretty quick. Yeah, we got an hour. Yeah. So, yeah. Ooh. So, Bears, I personally. They're I think, plus 10 and a half, I think. I think that we'll cover that. I think that. It depends on if we can get to Drew Brees. I think that's I I think I think we'll do well enough against the run game. So on ESPN it says the Bears matchup predictor 21.2% chance of winning. Yes. Hold on here. I'll look up. I got a place that does like it's basically like betting advice. Okay. We'll see yeah. what they 
the projected score is. Well, now ESPN is saying Bears plus nine. And then the over-under is 48. Yeah. 48 and a half on here is the over-under. Projected score? Wait a minute. I have an account. Why is it locking the score on me? What the heck's going on here, Steve? Censorship. Bastards. Projected score is 31 to 21 New Orleans. I don't see – I think New Orleans will score 24 points. And so it's it does the Chicago offense do something or not? Because we've seen the offense look amazing, and we've seen it look absolute like shit. Yeah. So it, it all depends on which Drew Brees offense shows up, and it depends on the Bears offense. I think we have to take shots. If we don't take shot, if we do the side to side game, we'll lose by ten points. But if we actually push the ball down the field, because here's a we forgot, you know, Anthony Miller is not a bad like deep ball guy. We just never really try and get him the ball, and everybody wants to call him a shit receiver. But at the same time, how many throws has he had to him? Right. You know what I mean? Um, because he caught a big one against Philly. I was at that game. This is the first time we threw the ball deep. But judging by Matt Nagy's track record, he does not push the ball down the field in big games. He goes a lot side to side. They need to do what Sean Payton does. He says take two shots a quarter or whatever it was. Yeah. Was it a quarter or a half? Like I think it's two a quarter. Shots a quarter. Eight shots. Yeah, you got to take eight shots a game. And it's built in. Like it's – it is – we've got to take a shot. And it's like New Orleans, whenever they hit the big one, it's like – that was a backbreaker. Uh-huh. You know, he he does well timing that up. Dude, we've just got to get it. We've got to get the run game going against our defense. If we can get the run game going, get Trubisky. We need to do those split zone release things. Get Trubisky outside real quick. Get Komet out in the flat. Use Jimmy Graham in the red zone. Yeah. Yes. What? What you could tell Matt Nagy wasn't calling our offense because Jimmy Graham wasn't in there when we got to the red zone. That's the same problem that we had when we were on our six game losing streak. And then all of a sudden Jimmy Graham shows up and has like three touchdowns in game. And we wonder like, Oh, where was this all year? Uh, well, it's the play calling. You, you can't catch if you're not out on the field. That's why he's here. It's not to. I- break a 50-yard catch and run, it's, uh, hey, when we get inside the 20 and 15, go post up. Yeah, we're going to run trips over here. We're going to put you over there. You're probably going to draw a corner, or anybody for that matter, and you're better than them, so go get the ball. We did that during the in the beginning of the season. We were 6-1. and one. We did that. We ISO'd Jimmy Graham, and now we don't. Why? It worked. Boggles my mind, Steve. Boggles my mind. They went back to it before the Packers, I think. And they, then they totally forgot about it again. Yeah, it's like the that's what worries me. Big games, they forget. Big games, Matt Nagy plays a lot sideline to sideline. He tries not to lose the game with his offensive play calling. But Chuck Pagano, though I love the guy, is probably one of the worst defensive coordinators I've ever seen. Because of the talent he has. Could you imagine if we had lackluster talent on defense, how bad we'd be? 
We need uh, what's his face back. Fangio. Uh, Fangio. I was about to say. I was going to say his name wrong. If he was the D coordinator with this team, we just don't blitz enough. No, we're very base. Like when it's third and eight or nine, he drops everybody back. It's like no, that'd be a time to pressure and get him to make a bad decision. Especially with Drew Brees, because I mean, what is he? Two weeks off of the ribs. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to have to get to him. How are we going to get to him? We're at the stage now where people are chipping Khalil Mack with tight ends and running backs and all this other stuff. So we can't depend on him to get one-on-ones because they've never seen our defense without him. You know, he was good that first year because it was hard to scheme it up, right? And nobody had really had success with him. And then all of a sudden it was like somebody entered a cheat code and everybody knew how to block Khalil Mack. Well, because we don't do stunts and blitzes and this and that. So it's like, oh, he's, he's lined up on the left? All right, that's where the tight end goes. Always on the right this time? Well, that's where the running back's going to go. I'll tell you something that I like is in those pass rushing situations, they will pair him up with Robert Quinn on the same side. Mm-hmm. And they'll do like a stunt. That's pretty sick. But they don't do it enough. And then they allow these quarterbacks that are good freaking quarterbacks to sit in the pocket for three or four seconds. That's all they need. Because wouldn't you think if you're on Khalil Mack's side, he's going to get the double team and you could do a stump blitz off of it because they're going to focus on him? Yeah. Can we get somebody off the edge? Yeah. I just – I'm the offensive guy. I don't know. But, like, I would think – It's very aggravating to see how base we are with our de- – because Trevathan is a downhill guy. Roquan is a downhill guy. Like, they're not pass coverage guys. They're not pass coverage guys. Even Eddie Jackson, I think, is a downhill guy. Like, he was good at center field, and I think he just forgot how to play center field. So, yeah. So, do we think the Bears have a chance to win here in an hour? I think they have a chance because they're playing the game. (laughs) But I do feel dirty that we're even talking Bears playoffs. Yes, and it's okay because we're about to go cleanse ourselves and watch Illinois basketball afterwards. Yeah, it's a win-win because if the Bears lose, we can be happy again watching Illinois basketball. If they win the game, then we got to play the Packers again. Shit. (laughs) Which, by the way, did you – God, this is terrible. We're almost going on two hours. Um, How did the bracket work out? They changed Wait. it. They changed it? Didn't they change it because of COVID? They were like messed it. I don't know. It's like the high seed plays Green Bay. No, no, no. The highest seed plays um New Orleans is the two seed and they'll play Green Bay if they win. No, so the, the, Rams, the Rams would play uh it's gonna be the Rams or Bears play the Packers. Then the higher seed plays. Um, okay, because they had a bracket set up, and I was like, are we doing a bracket this year? Because I thought it was the thing that you were just saying. Yeah, because last night they confused me because they had the Rams logo and the Bears logo above the Packers. Then they had the Rams logo above um, who won. Um, who was the other NFC game? Tampa Bay. So it was like Tampa Bay. So I think it was the highest seed plays. The lowest of the remaining. Right, and then – right. Gotcha. So, yeah, if we win, we have to play the Packers. 
No, I saw a bracket. It made no damn sense to me because it was like Green Bay was on top and then Chicago, New Orleans, which was like the two and the seven. And then down here, it was, and I was like, this is making no sense. Why the hell would you have the one and the two play right off the bat? Right. Yeah. They, they, have, when they do a bracket format. Yeah. Yeah. We have to play uh, Aaron Rodgers again. Go us. We got a good shot this time. I got a good feeling. Hey, mad respect for Rodgers giving $500,000 to that barstool fund. Uh, just, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is starting to loosen up a little bit. Well, because he went on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday. Yeah. I think and that's what he job. Oh, like, I've always respected him because he was really good. I just yeah. I hate playing him. But then the more he's opened up in his age and on that show every Tuesday and then talking to the barstool guy, like, I'm like, okay. I, yeah. I, he's kind of grown on me a little bit. It's like, hey, I hate you, but I like you. Like, it's. <laughs> I will hate you for two weeks out of the season, possibly three this year. But everything outside of that, you're good. And you want to know what? If he's just absolutely kicking our ass, I even like him then. Like, okay, you're good, and I like you. But in a close game, if we ever have one of those with them, <laughs> I will hate him. Well, like, did you watch that thing with the with Dave, the Barstool interview with him? Mortnoy? No. It's because they did an Instagram live, I guess, and they put the video up later. And he was talking about, he goes, yeah, Big Cat tells me that he just doesn't like you. He's telling me a lot of bad things about you. And he goes, yeah, Big Cat tags me a lot of things. He doesn't like me very much. He said some mean things to me. But he wants me to come on the show, and I'm going to do it here at some point. And he goes, why does he hate you so much? He goes, that team in Chicago that I beat. And I'm like, you're not wrong. What is he like? 13 and four against Chicago or something like that. It's ridiculous. It's 13 and two. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I, I respect him because he's like, I'm going to give $500,000. He goes, I hope this wake wakes up my organization to donate money. Yeah. And I was like, God, why do you keep doing good things to make me like you when you play for Green Bay? I don't want to like you. Stop it. <laughs> But all right, Steve. Well, we did it. Two hours. Good job. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Brad, for showing up. Yep. Thanks, Applesauce. Mr. Applesauce. All right, guys. We'll see you. Are we going to do one next weekend? We're running out of sports. Nope. It's all good. We will just build a shrine to Illinois basketball. We got Illinois basketball. We got the NFL playoffs. and Yeah. And the college football playoffs. So definitely one more meaty one. Oh, yeah, that's – I think we have a football meeting tomorrow too, so I'm going to have to tell the head coach, like, it's Zoom, so I'm going to have my tablet right here, but I'll be – have the TV right over the – like, or your – yeah, your tablet right behind the computer so it looks like you're, like, looking at the camera, but you're like mm-hmm. – I may have to text him, like, did you realize what January 11th was on your calendar? You know what you just did. <laughs> All right, dude. Well – Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Jacob. Jacob, you are number one. Number one. We'll see you guys later. Mary. 
redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.